Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Twisty Pod. I feel like I am trying so desperately hard for this seasonal aesthetic on the show right now. First of all, I was about to go to the gym. Then I kind of realized, you know what? I have a lot of things I want to get done tonight. It would make sense if I recorded the podcast first. And then usually I'm in a really good mood after I record. So I will hopefully, fingers crossed, have a good gym session. That's my my little motivator. So I'm literally in gym clothes. Like I, I put on my full gym set. I did a little TikTok get ready with me for the gym. And then I'm like, wait a minute we're recording and I need to wear a Christmas sweater. So I grabbed the first thing that I saw, which if you've seen one of my latest videos, I think from last week, you might know the condition of my office right now. And you might know how terrible the mess is that I'm staring at. It's it's eating me alive. It's absolutely eating me alive. It's like the the organizer in me wants to just destroy this, but the ADHD in me won't let me do it. You know? So I'm staring at my mess. I grabbed the first sweater I saw. I threw it on. Hopefully you wouldn't notice. And then what do I do? I mention it to you in the first two minutes of the episode. Uh, also in these Gymshark leggings. These are the ones from the Whitney Simmons version three drop. I'm actually a pretty big fan. I don't know. I highly doubt they're still on the website. There was a short period of time where they did still have some sizes and colors in stock, but I haven't checked in a while. But if you've looked on Poshmark, Mercari, Depop, wherever they normally sell um, used leggings, I do highly recommend them. I was very not a fan. I wasn't going to purchase. And then something inside of me was like, let's give them a go. And I've been very, very impressed. They're buttery soft. They have the perfect contouring. I think they're very comfortable. They don't really have that fold over at the top of the, the leggings, like some kind of very soft buttery Lululemon Align vibe leggings do. And I'm, I'm really happy with them. And of course, I'm obsessed with this top. This is from Set Active. But I, I hate wearing it and recommending it because I'm pretty sure I purchased it when it was on sale, going out of stock, never to return. And I don't know why they did that because it's super stinking cute. If I'm not mistaken, it's called the Sydney top. Um, so if you're looking around, I also apologize if there's a small possibility this episode is not now available on Spotify as a video podcast. It was something that I was accepted to try as kind of a a beta. And there's just like some things that aren't fully working on my end right now that I'm not very excited about. So hopefully all of those things get cleared out. And maybe you're watching this on Spotify. If not, if you're wanting to watch, I always post my videos to the podcast YouTube channel. It's just called Don't Get It Twisted Podcast. It's the exact same thing as listening on Spotify. So if you'd rather prefer watching the podcast, totally understand. You can head on over to the YouTube channel or hopefully this is on Spotify. We're not sure. I'm giving myself like a CYA right now. Uh, and then also I added my little Christmas pillow. I've got a few. I'm debating which one I want to put up here. Maybe I'll, I'll exchange it. But the couch is too low for you to see the pillow unless I give the camera a weird angle. So I feel like I'm always just trying to hold it on display. <laughs> like, hey, guys, I've got Christmas things next to me. So we're trying. But it is also still what? Like the second week in November, I can I can maybe settle down. Maybe. We'll see. But very excited for this episode. I think this is going to be lots and lots of fun. We are doing another episode of Dear Twisty, which is my version of writing in submissions, advice column, etc. I want to say I've only ever done one before, maybe earlier this summer or something, or maybe it was a long, long time ago. I know we do weekly questions, but having a specified episode where we just kind of go through your submissions and make it you know, very debriefing, therapeutic, I think is really fun. And I think it usually brings out 
a very fun personal side to both you and me. So without further ado, let's get started because I did get a lot of fun submissions and I picked a lot of them. So maybe this will be a long episode or we'll just snap through them. That's me pretending to snap. Fun fact, I've never learned how to snap. Not that fun, but it is a fact. Okay, first up, dear Twisty. She didn't say that, but I'm just going to put it there because it sounds like more of a better intro. (laughs) Dear Twisty. Okay, so I don't want to be dramatic, but I am always the single friend. Like I have never dated anyone. I've been on one first date and it was not a vibe. Did I mention I'm in college? LOL. She said LOL, not me. (laughs) Taylor, focus. It's so hard seeing relationships around me and feeling like I'm missing out or behind or innocent. I know I need to put myself out there more, but it's not my personality and it's terrible for my self-esteem. So I don't know if this is the advice that you want to hear, but this is the first thing that comes to my mind. You just told me that you're in college and things are just not feeling like it's the right timing for you. And to be completely, completely honest with you, I, in another world, I wish I was not in a relationship in college. And of course, (laughs) Keith is editing this like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Hear me out though. I feel like being in a relationship in college is ideal if you know that that is your person. It's the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life. I got very fortunate that the literal first person that I dated just so happens to be the person that I'm still with. That's a very rare situation. And I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. I'm just saying that is not most realities. If I could go back and redo it all over again, let's just say in an alternate universe where Keith doesn't exist. I'm not trying to make a dig. I'm just trying to make a point. If I could do it all over again and Keith was not around or he was not at my university, whatever, I would have rather been single, honest to God, because it has nothing to do with like dating around or anything like that. But I really feel like a lot of the fun parts of college can just be being with your friends, having I don't want to say no strings attached, but kind of like you want to just be able to go out and answer to no one other than yourself. You want to be able to say yes to hanging out with so many different friend groups because you can, or you want to just join a different club or go left, right, or the other thing because you have no other obligations than to make yourself happy. I feel like the way that Keith and I worked was that he wasn't as involved as I was. And so a lot of my time was spent with my involvements. And then when I wasn't in a club meeting or at some sort of event, whatever, I was hanging out with him because he wasn't normally at those things. So I didn't have as much downtime to just, I don't know, like spend with my girlfriends or just be lazy or just like have like a tailor self-care day, whatever. It was a hard thing to balance. And I probably did not do it perfectly. In fact, I definitely did not do it perfectly. I think that, of course, if you feel like you are comfortable and it does not make you like physically in pain, as you're describing, to date around or if something comes naturally, because it will, then go for that, you know, but don't stress yourself out over feeling like I'm the only single person in my friend group. Because at the end of the day, this is also a really important, very rare time. Like college is not real life. It's four years that feel like they're so different from the rest of your life. They almost don't exist. Like you have to remind yourself like, oh yeah, that that alternate universe that I did and I lived on my own for whatever reason <laughs> for school did exist, you know? So I wouldn't put this pressure on yourself to find your perfect partner, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever, right now. If something happens and you meet somebody that you like and it's very organic, go for it. But honest to God, I think not being in a relationship in college is very advantageous for both parties. Like I said, I'm very grateful that I have Keith. (laughs) This is not me trying to say I wish that we didn't date in college. I just think sometimes you have to like, compromise or I mean I even know people unfortunately that did spend most of their time let's say with their partner and now they're not together and they've expressed to me that they resented that you know so 
if if things feel right, that's the only time that I would say go for it, go out and about, be yourself. But sometimes it's a great way to meet other people, other single ladies that you want to hang out with. Or I mean, sometimes having like the token boyfriends in your friend group can be can be kind of a fun thing. Like I said, I don't know if that's the advice that you want to hear, but I think it is pretty realistic. Also, a lot of questions about Keith and I, so I might as well just keep the relationship narrative ongoing here. Um, dear, <laughs> dear Twisty, how did you and Keith navigate your relationship after leaving college? Was the plan always to move in together? No, the plan was never to move in together. Keith and I knew that we were both going to be moving to the same area after school. So we both obviously went to the same college together. We knew that we weren't splitting up after school, but we had always planned on living apart. Also, our job opportunities were in different areas. So he was working more south. I was working more north. Essentially, what ended up happening was I was looking for an apartment with one of my good friends and her post-grad plans happened to change and things just didn't work out the way that they had originally been planned to work out as life goes. Go figure. But it was a scary thing in the moment, but of course it ended up being a blessing because while Keith was looking for his apartment, he first of all was finding such outrageous deals. Like my heart goes out to you if you're looking for a new home, a new apartment or whatever right now, because sometimes it's just like astronomical how much these companies can charge because a lot of the apartment buildings, of course, you know, you have to pay for everything. Everything is an add-on charge. If you need parking, that's like another a few hundred dollars a month, depending on where you live, like especially if you're in the city or if you, of course, you know, utilities, water, gas, all of that, an add-on. They usually will add on charges for just like the amenities that never get used in the apartment building, like the study lounge or the library, maybe the gym. I don't know. So it, the prices were just so steep. And that was for a one bedroom apartment. I don't think he was looking at studios. I don't remember. But then he happened to find this place, which is the place that we're currently in right now. And this was like the screamiest of deals, the most scream of a deal deal you could ever dream of. And it's a two bedroom, kind of. It's like a one and a half, whatever. And when he was finding this apartment, it was out of his price range, but it would have been doable if I was in the picture and I happened to be doing all the apartment hunting with him. And it was just, it didn't seem like something that I was going to be a big fan of. In fact, I was a really against moving in with him just because I kind of wanted like my own my own place or maybe my own place with a close friend right after school. And I I knew that I was always going to be with Keith. And so I'm like, I'm going to live with this dude for the rest of my life. Like, why do I need to rush into that? <laughs> you know, but uh, the place that we ended up moving to, it, there just wasn't as many friends from my university that were moving to the same place. So it ended up just being one of those things where it made the most sense for us to move in together. And now, of course, I wouldn't change it or have it any other way because I think it's so stinking important to actually live with your partner, in my opinion, after, I guess after college or whenever, after school, before you get married, whatever, because you learn so much about them, the way that they clean or maybe don't clean, how they clean, just their daily habits, how you actually operate as a couple outside of the non-reality that is college. That was huge for me. i always felt like Keith and I could never rush into, let's say, getting married, for example, because we had only ever known what each other were like as students, where it felt like we're living in a playground almost, if that makes sense, because college is just, it's not real. And I wanted to know what our relationship was going to be like, how it can be tested in an environment that is a lot more testing, like when we have to pay bills and we have to take care of ourselves when we are fully financially responsible and we have jobs and we don't see each other that often and you're cranky after a long day of work. Those things are really stinking important. And I I knew that I wanted that experience eventually, but I didn't know that I 
was going to want to live with him after school. Like I said, I'm grateful that I did, but it was not the plan. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, I don't know how I didn't realize this when I was getting all of these <laughs> submissions, but these are all very college-oriented questions, which... Um, is super stinking important. I know this is just about the time when you'd be applying for school. Maybe you're uh, about to graduate from high school or college, etc. So this is vital and important. But I, I didn't mean to just pick questions that were fully surrounded by that topic. But I think it's fun. So I don't really mind. Um, next question, though. Dear Twisty, how did you decide, one, what you wanted to go to school for, and two, where you wanted to go? I can be a very indecisive person, and making such big strides kind of is very scary. Um, let's just say kind of is an understatement. So <laughs> first and foremost, both of these questions are truly intertwined. You know, if you're thinking about where you want to go to school, you should also be thinking about what you want to go to school for. I think oftentimes in the way that our world is shaped now, it's almost like we are taught that we, quote unquote, have to go to college when in actuality, I don't, I don't necessarily think that is true. I think it's a very privileged position to believe. And also, I, I firmly believe in taking a gap year if that's something that you want to do. I think it's a really cool and a really smart decision because you're so stinking young when you're graduating high school or you know, 17, 18 years old, wherever you are. And it's a lot to put that much pressure on yourself to decide what feels like the rest of your life, not to put too much pressure on the statement. But I mean, if I didn't go to Gonzaga where I went to college, I wouldn't have met Keith. I wouldn't have gotten this major. I wouldn't have moved to Washington. Maybe I wouldn't have started this YouTube channel. Everything happens for a reason, but it feels like this huge monumental decision. But I promise it will all it will all work out in the end. So like I was saying, these questions are technically intertwined because if you if you want to go to school, then you should think about what you want to do with the rest of your life. And do not worry if you're somebody that just doesn't know because I didn't know. I had not a stinking freaking clue. I'll take you down the path of my my college applications, I guess, what I was applying under. I think I first started off as I wanted to do something around the realm of exercise. I either wanted to do like my bachelor's in exercise science. Maybe I wanted to do kinesiology, something like that. But then I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like the path that it was going to take me down. So then I, I changed my mind. Then like three days later, I'm like, no, what I love is forensics. I love CSI. <laughs> Like, I love the TV shows. I've never watched Grey's Anatomy fully, but, you know, you get the vibe where you watch one medical show and you're like, I'm going to be a doctor. And then you kind of take a class and you're thinking, okay, this is not like McSteamy. This is very, very different. I did take a forensics class my senior year of high school, which was so important because it basically taught me that this is way way out of my league. It's not something I want to do whatsoever. So I'm very glad that I took that. So forensics was off the page. Then I was thinking, okay, I don't really want to do anything in STEM. I knew that. I wasn't really wanting to do anything particularly in business. And I was thinking a little bit more towards, mm, I don't know, maybe like the marketing-ish route. But again, marketing is technically at most schools. It's a branch under business. Then I was thinking, okay, <laughs> can you tell I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life? Then I was thinking I wanted to do special education. And that was what I ended up applying to Gonzaga for was under a special education major. I think most other schools, I was also doing anthropology. <laughs> can you tell? Oh my gosh, it's so bad. I was also applying under anthropology. I don't know if I just like wanted to go dig up fossils or something, I guess. 
Um, maybe I did communications for a school or two. I don't think I did psychology or anything like that, but I might have done like PR, anthropology, but most importantly, Gonzaga, I did special education. And that was something I was very passionate about. I thought that it was going to be a very good program. I'd heard amazing things about the education school at Gonzaga. And it was something that I thought I really wanted to do with my life. Then finally, I get to Gonzaga and the first day of school, I get handed my four or five year plan. They basically told you, you're not graduating in four years. Buckle the heck up. This is every single class you're going to be taking for the rest of your life. (laughs) Um, You're going to be put into a school, like an actual placement in an elementary school nearby, like next week. And we're going full stride, full speed ahead. And I think I was scared, like in retrospect. I think I was just nervous that I was going to be a bad teacher. I was nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. I was nervous that I was going to be so bad that I was going to put my students at a disadvantage because I was so terrible at teaching, you know? So I made like a very quick decision to take myself out of the program. It was probably like a month or month and a half into school. I just realized it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And I'm kind of sad because I feel like it would have been a really rewarding path and I would have loved it. And I think it would have been work I would have really, really enjoyed in the long run. But I also saw how passionate my peers were. And I knew that my level of passion was not as high as theirs in regards to teaching. And I just, I felt like if I don't feel that now and I'm 18 years old, this is not going to work out for 20 plus years, whatever. So I basically went onto the Gonzaga website and I, I'm like, okay, I got myself into this school and I have no idea what the frick I want to do with my life. And that's the whole point of going to school. You know, that's the whole point of going to college is to further your education. But I had no idea what I wanted to be educated on. So I'm on the website. I'm just searching. I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm just basically doing process of elimination. Sorry, I think Reese is sleeping next to my tripod and she just moved the camera. We're rolling with it. I end up finding a few different majors that I thought were going to be a little bit attractive to me. I made meetings with their head advisors or like the the chairman of the department for those schools and just tried to get like a bit more information. And then finally I settled on, not settled, I'm passionate about public relations. And now, of course, I'm extremely grateful that that was the path that I chose. And I think in the end, it was something that I was probably leaning towards all along. But I just, I kind of felt like if I do PR, is that the easy route? Is that something that's not going to be challenging me enough? And I loved my courses. I thought they were so helpful. I had some amazing professor professors. There was some things that I I think could definitely be improved upon. For example, I mean, my some of my professors were just older, like in their late 60s or whatever. And we were learning about like press releases, which is only still very common in like big, huge corporations, let's say like Microsoft or something. They're important, they're vital, but I needed classes on social media management. I needed classes on TikTok, which didn't exist. I needed classes on Instagram, Facebook management, those sorts of things are so stinking vital. And I just, I didn't have classes on them. General, like general social media things, but not specifics. And I'm sure as this industry continues to grow, those will be such important and incredible majors and classes to take. I highly recommend looking into them if your university offers them. Even as an elective, you can probably learn so much. And if you really break it down, every stinking company needs PR. Every company needs marketing. Every company needs a good TikTok, Instagram account. You know, it's it's really true. So uh, I'm glad that I did it. But I think in retrospect, I feel silly that I chose Gonzaga because I liked Gonzaga. So to swing back to the original question, I chose Gonzaga because one, It was the only university that I stepped foot on. It was the only university that I went and toured that I applied to. I had big dreams of moving to the East Coast to go to school. And my middle sister, Paige, she went to Fordham on the East Coast. It's another Jesuit. Go Rams, I think. (laughs) 
she went to Fordham, which is in the Bronx in New York. And I think my parents had a really hard time with her being so far away from home because it's not easy to constantly fly back and forth across the country. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times she was stuck in a hurricane and couldn't couldn't leave her dorm or she was going to have a snowstorm and that she couldn't fly home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, whatever. Those things, you know, it seems minor, but those are kind of important. You don't always consider those very realistic scenarios when you're thinking about where you want to go to school. So I I think in the end, maybe I got scared or I wasn't sure, but half of the schools, if not most of them that I applied to were on the East Coast, like New Hampshire, Vermont, um, Massachusetts. I really wanted to go to the College of the Holy Cross. And I think it would have been just a really different experience if I went there. I got in. It's in, oh my gosh, I'm going to say the name wrong. It's in Worcester. (laughs) If I know how to say that right, I probably don't. It's outside of Boston, like probably 45 minutes outside of Boston or so. And I really wanted to go there, but the population of the school is, I think, less than 2,000 students. So I thought, maybe I need to do something bigger. I want to do something more bold. I want to go where I at least feel a little bit like I know most people on campus, but I don't know everybody on campus. So bigger picture here. So I'm not just talking about myself this whole time. When you're thinking about schools, I would say, first and foremost, let's think about what do you want from a university? Obviously, you want to think about your education. What do you want to study? What is something that sparks your your fancy, tickles your fancy. Maybe it's something that gets you excited or maybe it's something that you just know realistically is the best path for you. Sometimes jobs aren't always your passion. It's a very privileged thing to be doing something that you're passionate about. So sometimes it's a realistic scenario. Other times it's just maybe what you absolutely love. So so think about both. Maybe your university that you end up going to has both and you can major in one and minor in the other. Next, you want to think about the size of school that you want. Gonzaga has something like 5,200 undergrad. That's pretty big, but it's also not at all. 5,200 undergrad. I think it was like 7,000 total with grad students, doctorate students. That's maybe double the size of my high school, which means that I knew a lot of kids at Gonzaga. And I also was... I did not know everybody, you know, like it was big enough that I could always see somebody that I knew, but also big enough that I didn't always run into every single person every single day. It was, I think, a good size, but also looking back, I probably would have wanted to go to a bigger school. But if you love like knowing everybody in your classes, my classes were maybe 25, 30 students max. Most of my PR classes were like 15 to 20 or so. That's something to consider. If you want like the total college football experience, let's say, maybe you want to go to a school where there's like 20,000 students and you have some of your first year classes in a big lecture hall where there's 500 people in your classes. Maybe that's something that you really want. Maybe you want something in between. You know, these are things that you have to consider because it's, it's, feels like you could go either direction. At least I felt like I could go either direction, but some people are very much like black and white. I want this. I don't want this. Then, of course, you want to think about where, let's say in the country or maybe out of the country, you want to go to school. That's really important. I mean, like I was saying, I was dictating a lot of my decisions based on the fact that I wanted to go to school on the East Coast. Gonzaga was the only school that I applied to in the Pacific Northwest And it was one of two that I applied to on the entire West Coast, the only other being University of San Diego. Now, I I wish I applied to more because I think I realized I probably wanted to stay on the West Coast, but maybe you're a total Southern girl and you just want to stay in the South and that's where you know that your heart is, then look at schools in the South. If you know that you want to go completely across the country, then really research the area, really think what are students doing on their days off? What is their fun? What fun activities can I do like in the the neighboring town? Is it a total college town? Is it a big city? Do you want a big city vibe? Do you want both? Do you want, <laughs> there's so many questions, but it's, it's like an important vetting process and you have to be honest with yourself. I think 
probably the biggest vice that I will end this with is do what you want. I think my senior year, I was letting my friends' decisions impact what I wanted to do. Like, for example, when I was saying the College of the Holy Cross was a school at the top of my my choices, it was also at the top of one of my good friends' choices. And that made it more exciting. Oh my gosh, we could go to school together. How fun would that be? Maybe we could, you know, make more friends together, blah, blah, blah. And I'm very, very glad that I ended up choosing Gonzaga because I wanted to go to Gonzaga. I mean, in retrospect, I also had a friend that was a grade above me that went to Gonzaga that made it more approachable. And I think that was helpful, but she wasn't like my absolute closest friend. And my core friend group, I mean, we all went all across the country. And I think that I applaud everybody for doing that because sometimes it can be the easier thing to just want to maybe follow your friends. And it's a lucky thing. It's a fortunate thing that somebody else ends up loving exactly what you love. But I think sometimes because I'm such a people pleaser and because I just, I'm such a social person in that way, I always want to be Sorry, I was making sure my microphone was on. I got nervous. We've been talking about all this time and it wasn't on. We're good. I I just didn't want to be alone. And I always wanted to be around my friends. And I felt like I had such great friends. I was so fortunate to have the friends that I did or do from high school. And I didn't want that to go away just because we were all going to different colleges. But it's so important to make that decision on your own and to do the best thing for you and yourself and your future. So... That's my big long rant about school, and I hope it's a little bit helpful because it can feel like a really big, very big decision, but I know there's like that little bit of indecisiveness, but I really think deep down in your heart, there will be a school that just feels more right to you, and maybe your parents are going to say, we want you to go here, or your friends are going to go to a different school or whatever, but I highly encourage you to just vet it out as much as possible and to really, really listen to what your heart is saying. Because sometimes I feel like our gut instinct, it just knows. It really does. Continuing on with the college questions. <laughs> Dear Twisty, I have been at college for two months. I feel like I know a lot of people, but I can't seem to build a friend group like a lot of people. Is there something wrong or am I not putting enough effort to build friendship? Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, dear God. That like makes me really sad. Um, first of all, let's break this down, okay? The first thing that you said to me was, I've been at college for two months. Two months. Two short months. That is such a short amount of time. It takes so long to build lifelong lasting friendships. And the first two months of college, I think everybody is just as lost as everybody else is the next person. I felt so lost and so confused the first two months of college. And the group that I was very drawn to the first two months of college, we ended up just kind of naturally going our separate ways. Because I think at first you you kind of gravitate towards people that feel very familial and maybe like they're the people that are in your closest proximity. But as you become more sure of yourself and you branch out and people get more settled into school and into the routine of things, you know, you start to branch out and maybe you meet other people through clubs that you like to do. That would be one of my best advices I could give you. Best advices. That could be some of the best advice I could offer would be to seek out clubs that you are passionate about because granted, you're going to find so many other people that share very similar interests and hobbies as you do because they're in those similar clubs as you. I found so many more people that just like to be as involved as I did at Gonzaga because I tried out for so many different clubs and organizations and I would have never, ever met those people otherwise. Never, ever, ever. Like we were just in different grades, different social circles. And it was the most rewarding experience and I would never change it for the world. But that is also a a vulnerable, scary thing. Sorry, I'm getting caught on my words. It's a vulnerable thing to try out for clubs or to join them because it feels really scary at first, but everybody's in it for the same reason. And I think that's a calming thing to remember that 
you're in the same boat as so many other people. And I would also argue that a lot of these people that you're saying that it feels like they're in big friend groups or whatever, a lot of that can just be for comfort. Like everyone else started school with you and maybe they're clinging to the first group of friends that they found and that they've made. And a lot of times those aren't like their best closest friends, but it's what feels safe, you know? So don't be alarmed that sometimes things just take a little bit longer. Like I said, get yourself out there, get involved, find your routine and make a little bit extra effort to seek out friends, maybe at the library or in line for Starbucks. Like that's an easy way to just kind of start talking to people. I would naturally just kind of be like, oh my gosh, that drink looks really good. You know, while you're waiting in line for Starbucks and then you kind of have a short little bonding moment and then you introduce yourself. And I think you're still at that prime stage where you can constantly be, um, talking to people and introducing yourself because it's still so new. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm from here. Where are you from? You know, you do the typical little beginning list of questions and you just introduce yourself to like the 900 people that you, you cross paths with. It's such an extroverted thing to go to college. It's such a hard thing to do as an introvert or as somebody who just feels more reserved. Don't always feel like you have to be extending yourself at every hour of the day because it's a lot and it's very, very draining. And sometimes you just need that time for yourself. I will never forget. I think I mentioned this in the episode I talked about when I studied abroad, but when I was studying abroad, we lived in pensiones, which is essentially like residence halls, dorms, and you were always with your friends at 20, 24 hours in the day, you were eating with somebody, you were talking to somebody, you were in class with your friends, then you'd go out and you'd want to explore because you don't have much time. So you'd go to a coffee shop, you'd go get gelato, you'd go travel to a different country on the weekends, as casual as that sounds. There was little, little time. I remember in the four months that I was there that I was by myself. In fact, I I feel like I never, ever was. And towards the end, I think we all started to slowly lose our minds because we just got so overstimulated and it's so much and it's like one of those things where you're like oh my gosh I should be making the most of every moment but at the same time I feel so drained and tired and I I promise you the people that like went back to their rooms and just kind of like when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like retreated, I feel like we're much more stable <laughs> than the rest of us. I just, I look back at those days sometimes and just laugh. Like, how in the heck did I do that for so long? Because I do feel like maybe on camera or in my podcast, obviously I'm sitting here talking to you for like 40 minutes. I can be an extroverted person in that sense, but. In large groups and things, I feel like I'm very shy and nervous at first. And especially going off to to college, it's so much. It's so much. Okay, since this next question is very on topic with what I was just saying, and this is apparently the Dear Twisty College Edition, here we go. Uh, This person was asking how to deal with more things in that realm, making friends, having loud roommates, very hard classes, how to deal with partying or not wanting to party, drink, being social, social academic balance, being homesick, etc. I'm dealing with a lot of this right now as a freshman and I would just love some advice. I know it goes and comes in waves and things will get better, but it's hard to feel isolated, especially when I'm such a homebody but never truly feel at home here. So, the first few months of college are going to be the hardest. I think it's really because of that overstimulation factor where you feel like if you're not doing something at every hour of the day, then you're behind, you're left out, you're not doing enough, you're not making the most of the college experience. I promise you that thrill or that kind of like honeymoon phase, I guess, will settle down. You will find your home in your own space or in your own room, whatever, eventually, but 
the best advice I can give is to be very adamant about maybe making a routine for yourself that you can find solace in when the days do get hard. So if you're going to have your hard classes, but you know that the best thing that you can do for yourself is a daily walk outside, even if it's just across campus or something, make that a very important part of your routine. Let's say you know that you need to work out every single night before dinner or after dinner, whatever, to just kind of detox your day, to relax for a little bit before you spend literally all night in the library. Don't compromise that. Like if if things are not working out timing wise, like let's say all of your friends wanted to go to dinner one night at 6 p.m., but you typically go to the gym at 6 p.m. one night. I'm just going to offer two pieces of advice here, but I'm going to stick with my first one. Still go to the gym. And I don't mean that to say like prioritize working out over everything else. But what I mean is if you know that there are certain things in your routine that help you feel more comfortable, more at home, or maybe just more relaxed after such a hard day, don't take those out of your routine just because you feel like you're going to be left out if you're not at dinner whatever, that one night. Now, if this is a consistent pattern, maybe you can figure out a different time to go to the gym so you can make time to go to dinner with your friends. But I think I always envy the people that were so independent that they knew, you know what, all my friends can go off to dinner at this time, but I myself know that I need to get my workout in or I need to just go study this one thing before I have time to relax because that's what's going to give them better peace. And I envy that 100% because I feel like I didn't feel ever as secure in myself to do something like that. But if there are elements of your routine that can make you feel more at home, maybe it's like your nightly skincare or it's daily journaling, like that five-minute journal that you constantly see on your For You page, buy it. Get you something that's going to keep you grounded. If there's parts of your routine that you remember doing in your home, like in your home bedroom, and you can bring that with you to college, I think that's extraordinarily helpful to feel less unfamiliar in your own space. Because the sad thing is, or maybe it's a good thing, the four walls that you're living in right now are going to be your four walls for at least the next six months or so. So you might as well make the most of it. You know, it's it's easy to want to wish away those days, but being as present as possible in every single element of your life, college or not, really stinking important, really stinking important. Now, to kind of touch on the other elements of your question, dealing with partying, drinking, academic, social balance, etc. Again, it has a lot to do with the honeymoon stage of college. But one, everyone is going to have different academic loads than the next person. Maybe you have more credits this semester than your best friend and they can party more than than you can. Don't let that take away from you and your experience. I think that's where you can start to feel like overwhelmed because it feels like how is how is everybody balancing everything so well? I'll let you in on a little secret. We're not. Nobody is. It's all a facade, you know? Everybody is dealing with things in in their own way. And maybe that person has more time to party, but maybe you have more time to get studying in, or maybe you need that more time, whatever. I would say that a good balance, if you want to go out and party or whatever, it could just be a few nights a week. (laughs) That sounds like a lot. It could just be Friday and Saturday. It also kind of depends on the school that you go to. I know um, friends that went to, maybe it was like Berkeley or something. I forget the school. But they would only party on the weekdays. Then on the weekends, nobody partied. It's the strangest thing. At Gonzaga, I think it was a little bit more because it was like a smaller-ish school or maybe it was more academic-driven in that sense. I don't know. But I feel like most people, for the most part, like with the bigger partying, was really only Friday and Saturday, sometimes Thursdays, you know? So one, it depends on the school that you're going to. Two, remember that participate as much as you want. But at the end of the day, a party is a party is a party. Every party, yes, you know, you're going to have your random theme nights or whatever that are going to make something stand out. But at a certain point, it's kind of all the same. 
And you have to also remember like what you went to school for. You can party as much as you want and have as much fun as you want, but you're still, you still need to get your grades at the end of the day, or you will go on academic probation and you might get kicked out of school. And that did happen to somebody that I know. So just be mindful of kind of like keeping yourself grounded, remembering like why, why you went to school. And if that's something that you want to do all the time, that's totally fine. Just be mindful of your studies as well. And also, if you don't want to go out, if you don't want to party, find other fun things to do on campus or maybe outside of campus that have nothing to do with that. I remember my school used to throw, um, what did we call them? They were like weekly or evening activities that our ASB would put on that you could go and you could watch a movie with friends. You could, they would host like a pizza night. They'd host, um, I don't know, game nights. They'd bring in like a magician. They would do things like that every single weekend. So there was always activities going on that wouldn't have the students constantly surrounded by alcohol or other illegal things. There's there's always going to be other fun things to do. And frankly, if you get yourself wound up in too much of the social scene, too fast, too much all at once, it can kind of lead to some really hard habits to learn studying wise when you've already gotten yourself kind of sunken into this hole later in the semester. Okay. I don't want to end on like such a negative note because I feel like I was just going down like the mothering, (laughs) the mothering side of my life. So let's end on something like a little bit more fun. Okay. This doesn't sound like it's going to be fun, but I promise I'll make a fun twist on it. Dear Twisty, how do you deal with a lot of social occasions and trying to eat more nutritiously? I find it hard to keep myself in check when I have so much going on. Okay. So the first thing I would say is to live your life. (laughs) I think you can get very caught up in this idea of feeling like you're not allowed to enjoy yourself because you're wanting to live a healthy lifestyle, etc. But if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle, then that means that you're never giving up things for social occasions. You're enjoying yourself. You're going out to ice cream with friends. You're going to have wine nights to watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever. Those are moments to me that are non-negotiable, at least in my eyes. I've always looked at food and drink maybe as like a way to celebrate. It's like a, it's, I mean, food is as old as time, obviously. It's like the most communal thing about our society. So it's very natural that more social events will naturally include food. I feel like the best advice that one I've also learned from working with my personal trainer, but two, just over time is to one, never feel like you have to Uh, don't take my words out of context. Never feel like you have to, quote unquote, like save up your calories for whatever event you might have that night. Like let's say you know that you're going out to dinner one night or you're you're going out, you're going to see friends, you're going to go get pizza or ice cream, whatever. And maybe that's something that kind of makes you nervous. Don't feel like you have to like save up room, whatever, in your stomach all day long for that meal. The best thing that you can do for your body is to nourish it just like you would all day long. Have a full breakfast, have a full lunch, have your snacks, have your water, whatever. That is the best thing that you can do for your body. It's also going to help you feel like when you you get to dinner that it's not like this big huge event and there's all this pressure around the food there's also a lot of studies that prove that restricting yourself from things only makes you want them more so that's going to hopefully help with a lot of the elements surrounding that I'm choosing not to use certain words but I I've been there where I feel like if I know I'm going to go do something big and it's going to have a whole bunch of food or whatever, then I should just like not eat throughout the day because I want to be able to enjoy my meal later on and I want to be hungry for it, whatever. That never works. It never, ever works. And you never feel nourished and you never feel satisfied. And then sometimes I'll even get home from that dinner, that meal, and I'll go straight to the kitchen because I felt like I wasn't satisfied. It, it didn't fill my spot because I was not giving my body all of the important vitamins and nutrients that it needed all day long. So if 
that's something that feels like it's a reoccurring thing in your life where you're maybe battling between the social elements or trying to pick more whole foods, I would say the best thing that you can do is to just eat well all day long. Why not give it a try? Seriously, why not give it a try? If you don't believe my advice or you don't you don't like it or you don't agree with it, whatever, give it a try. Try nourishing your body all day long because I've done the opposite and that's never worked for me. So why not try this? I'm just saying. Okay. See, I I kind of felt like I was mothering a little bit there too, but that's fine. Sometimes we need motherly moments. However, we still have one more thing to do. We're skipping the question of the week because this was a, a full question of the week episode. If we do this round two, we will not have to do a full college episode, but I love talking about college. I think it's really stinking fun. Sometimes I'm like, the golden years. And other times I'm like, thank goodness I'm out of college. So I don't know, teach their own. Um, my wellness tip of the week, let's just say something a little bit standard. Um, drink your water, drink your water before you drink your coffee, drink your water. First thing that you do every single morning, drink your coffee. Oh my gosh. No, drink your water, drink your water right before you go to bed, drink your water. Uh, while you're at your desk, if you have trouble getting in your daily ounces, um, keep your water bottle with you wherever you're sitting all day long, bring it around with you all around the house, get a cute water bottle that will make you feel like you want to drink out of it. You want to show it off, get a water bottle that has a lot of storage in it. Maybe you want to be drinking more, but your water bottle only holds 20 ounces. Get a 64 ounce water bottle, get a 72 ounce, get a gallon size, whatever you want, you do it, but just make sure you're staying hydrated, you know, cause we got our caffeination. We need our hydration and then we'll say, we'll deal with procrastination next week. I don't know. I needed another Asian word. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you are watching, please leave me a comment down below letting me know what your favorite part of this episode was. And if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Give this video a big thumbs up. I'm telling you that the thumbs up are a game changer in having my channel do okay and giving you more content. So if you like this content, please give this video a big thumbs up. If you're listening on a podcast on Apple, <laughs> Apple podcast, give this podcast a five-star review. If you're listening on Spotify or maybe watching on Spotify, we're not sure. Um, participate in the polls, participate in the questions and I hope you're having a great rest. I was talking too fast. I can't do it. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Until next time. I'll see you next time. <laughs>